The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Storybrooke. Welcome to Storybrooke Weekly Mirror, the unofficial Once Upon a Time internet radio show exclusively on poppychuloradio.com. Poppychulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Tuesday, April 12th, 2016, and I'm your host, Poppy Chulo. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of Once Upon a Time. Later on in the broadcast, get ready for a spoiler alert as we bring you the hit ABC series' casting scoops, spoilers, and ratings. Please welcome my co-hosts. First up, a dream caused her to be worried about if they were premonitions. It's Katie Cat. Yes, that's right. Hey guys, hope you're doing good tonight. Next up, she was out in the forest doing her wolfy thing until a red cloak revealed who she really was. It's Ashley Michelle. I get to be Ruby. Hey, guys. Let's be honest. <laughs> I was going to say something, but... Mm, it's bisexually honest at this point. Well, there you go. <laughs> I like that. Look 500 Poppy Chula Radio PowerPoints for Ash right out the gate. Non-redeemable is cash. <laughs> About fucking Damn. Damn. Next up, a magical mirror revealed her true intentions it's priscilla oh damn it why do i have to be okay fine hey guys no (laughs) one gives opinions like priscilla no (laughs) and last but not least to save her boothang she tossed her ex into the river it's ava stark yes that was awesome right Hey, everyone. Hey, everybody. All right, so I know we've got lots of opinions, and I can't wait to hear them all. Let's jump into our recap of episode 517, which was titled Her Handsome Hero, and aired April 10th, 2016. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. Belle turns to Rumpelstiltskin with hope of finding a way to protect their child from Hades. However, they disagree over whether to use dark magic, as Belle forbids Rumpelstiltskin from using his powers for evil. Meanwhile, Hades secretly meets with Gaston in the underworld and encourages him to seek revenge on Rumpelstiltskin. As the heroes try to find a way to defeat Hades, Emma has a terrifying nightmare that she realizes is beginning to come true. And in flashbacks, Belle and Gaston meet for the first time, but their blossoming romance comes to a halt on the eve of the Ogre Wars. All right, everybody. So I want to get everyone's initial reaction to her handsome hero. 
which um, is a reference to me. So let's start off <laughs> so with... So you're the old book? Poppy. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I am. But I have that delicious new book smell. What we're trying to say is that you're old. <laughs> well, hashtag accurate. We cannot be children <laughs> like you, Ash. It's oh my God. you. I know. Ash is still hitting puberty, everybody. Oh, that's why she's always so angsty. That's why she. Wait, she said that's why she's always so angsty. Damn! Called out. Aw. And then now so let's start off with Love Ash. You, Ash. I'm gonna get you this recording, Ava. I'm gonna get. You. <laughs> Your initial reaction, Ash. Oh, I thought you were just yelling at me. Well, I, I couldn't get into this episode because right after the right off the bat, they call him Lord Legume, and the entire episode, I just like went Lord Vegetable, Lord Lentil, <laughs> Lord Cauliflower, like. Is that what we're going to do from now on? Is a legume a bean? So it he's bean. Lord Bean? It is a bean. And okay. it also means vegetable in Spanish. Isn't it? No. No, that's vegetable. Legume is, is just a, a different two. word for like... There's verdura and vegetales. Ah, verdura. I thought it was... um. Just the entire time thought that it was Spanish for vegetable. Because I thought it was <laughs> uh, a, um, the same word in English and Spanish. No, nah, but she, you're close enough. It's like a pea, a bean. Like, it, it's those green vegetables. I'll, I'll give you a pass on it. <laughs> it's a plant. <laughs> Papa plant. No. Was that your initial reaction, Ash? God damn, that got serious real fast. <laughs> <laughs> they called him Lord Vegetable. <laughs> Lord Vegetable. Uh, yeah, like the I kind of like saw the episode from an outside point of view. Like I wasn't really into it. Like I I appreciated the CS scenes, and I know that some some Rumbell scenes, and it mm, we'll get into it of why I kind of like had to look at it from an outsider's point of view to en- try to enjoy it. Well, damn, that's gonna be interesting, Katie. Your initial thoughts on the episode. I- actually really enjoyed this episode um i love some bell backstory and this was some good bell backstory they did a good job tying in i think to the future a little bit so um that was cool um i had some qualms with it but uh not too much it was just a good episode overall okay ava i liked the episode obviously uh it's i really like the Rumpel and Bell scenes, the present day underworld scenes, those were my favorite. And um, what I really liked about the title of the episode and how it was in reference to me. Of... No! Fine. <laughs> to the book. <laughs> to the book! And how it was Gaston's unfinished business. It was the book, how he could never be the hero the book said. The, our bell told him that the book is about so that was really cool but yeah I liked it the backstory of Bell and Gaston were alright I'm not a, I kind of lost after season 3 so I'm like whatever Priscilla 
Ah, oh, damn. Um, I hated this episode so fucking much. Like, I, <laughs> I love how we're going from extremes. It's like someone liked it, someone hated it, someone liked it, someone hated it. No, it's like, it's like lukewarm and then liked, hate, hate. <clears throat> Sorry, hate. lukewarm, liked, liked, hate. <laughs> oh, God. Like, no, I normally really like backstories. But goddamn, like if it didn't make me hate Belle more, and what kind of Stockholm <laughs> syndrome bullshit am I seeing? Oh my <laughs> oh, fucking shit. god! I hated it. Aww. I hated this episode so much. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> well, hot damn! I know. Oh my god! I'm gonna stay away from you. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> I was kind of indifferent to the episode like i didn't hate it but i didn't like it and i hate the term filler because i feel like people use it whenever they don't care for an episode but it felt very fillery to me besides like maybe a couple of revelations that were made i didn't hate the back story the flashbacks i didn't necessarily hate everything that was going on in the underworld it was just okay to me in a sense I feel like filler is an episode where the main plot is not moved forward by any bit. And I felt like the main plot in this episode was not moved forward at any bit for them to try to defeat Hades. It kind of re- it kind of took a step back. Okay. That's interesting. Well, I guess we have a lot of time to discuss the episode. So before we do get into a thorough recap, here are a few reminders on how you can interact with the show via social media. Please like us on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash storybrookweeklymirror. You can also follow the station on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram simply at Poppy Chulo Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns Email us via contact at poppychuloradio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chulo Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychuloradio.com. You can binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chulo Radio programs by visiting poppychuloradio.com slash archives. And of course, you can find us on iTunes. Just search for Storybrook Weekly Mirror and hit the subscribe button. Alright, so uh, let's get a quick shout out to the opening title card, which featured an ogre running through the red tinted forest. So we're going to start off as we always do with uh, the flashback. And it was a pretty simple flashback. It was uh, pretty much like I would say almost right before the original flashback where Rumpelstiltskin comes in and makes a deal because it's right before the ogre war so we have Belle with her father and um, Maurice has arranged a meeting between Belle and Gaston Gaston is from a uh, different kingdom and uh, the point of the meeting is so that uh, they can like each other and they can hopefully unite the kingdoms by marriage because Gaston's kingdom has uh, you know an incredible army that will able will be able to protect the uh, kingdom of Maurice from the ogres who are getting ready to uh, 
approach and uh, start war with them, since it's the time of the Ogre Wars. Belle, of course, is hesitant, but, you know, because she's heard of Gaston, you know, oh, he he's, you know, a hunter of animals and of women, and that kind of thing. But once meeting him and sort of finding out that Gaston's friend LeFou, you know, sort of like spreads around these stories of Gaston, she starts to see him as a charming man and and uh you know there might be something there that wasn't there before who knows but while taking a stroll through the forest they find a pit and in the pit there is an ogre bell believes that the ogre means no harm and uh you know we you know we shouldn't harm the ogre we need to find out what's what's going on with the ogre gaston a little hesitant but agrees to go along with her idea they head on to um her library they search for books uh, that basically discuss magical antiquities and in that book they find uh, a magical item in the kingdom that is a mirror that will reveal the evil in a person's soul so she wants to use the mirror on the ogre so that they can find out if it means to do harm to the kingdom gaston agrees you know he'll he'll wait for her to come back with the mirror and he'll protect or he'll look over the ogre in uh, the um that that's in the pit trap while there that's where gaston picks up the book her handsome hero it's one of bell's favorite books and the reason it's one of bell's favorite books is because it defines how a hero is supposed to act with compassion. They nearly kiss, but Belle turns turns her head and Belle leaves to get the mirror. Let's discuss Gaston as a whole because uh, or at least what we've seen of him at this point because we were introduced to Gaston back during Belle's initial flashback where we saw you know Rumpelstiltskin and the whole Beauty and the Beast storyline skin deep everybody remembers that episode we saw him for like two scenes I believe it was once in the kingdom where he was like no you know you can't you know uh, take her and then once when he actually went to uh, Rumpel's uh, palace or whatever you want to call it where he's like on guard and then he gets turned into a rose obviously we all know this is an actor that has been recast they even used the new actor in the flashback scenes from you know skin deep and that kind of thing so what did we think of new gaston and this interpretation of gaston we'll start off with ash all I hear in my head is the Britney Spears song "Womanizer," just on repeat, on loop. <laughs> yeah, I think that he, the entire episode, I thought that he was lying about something, and I never trusted him enough. Like when he said, "Like I bet you've heard many stories about me," I was just like, "You scumbag! <laughs> what kind of STDs are you carrying?" Omg! Damn. And it would have been, like, the Black Plague or something. I know. (laughs) Well, damn. Katie, did you have a a rosier reaction to Gaston? Well, when he walked on, I was like, holy crap, I'll marry you. (laughs) Oh, Lord. (laughs) Everybody, Katie will be leaving the podcast because she has, she's now engaged to Gaston, apparently. I am right behind you, Katie. (laughs) He was so hot. Oh, God, he's going to have a harem. (laughs) 
<laughs> he was very attractive and that was very distracting for me. He was very distracting the entire episode. But um, I thought he was hiding something, but then I was like, oh, maybe they're just putting a twist on him in the show. But, you know, turns out he did have something meh about him. So... I don't know. I mean, I didn't have any strong reactions except for that he was super attractive. So, yay for Wes Brown. <laughs> oh, gosh. Ava, <laughs> what did you think of Gaston? Uh, indifferent, honestly. Because, obviously, I don't know. Like, I did not like him. I mean, Wes Brown is a good-looking guy. But Gaston, as a character, um, could care less, honestly. And Priscilla? Oh my god, I fucking loved Gaston. He kind of epitomizes like the lyric in his thing where he, you're like, everyone's odd and inspired by you and it's not very hard to see why. Like, dude, <laughs> he's fucking hot. Like, I'm like, new hotness <laughs> over here. This this sucks that he's gonna go away because you're you're cute. I, I am I am distracted by you. Like I, I don't know, like I, it sucked that that he had to go. Like, I liked him in the beginning, and I love. Shout out to the people that do the costumes because I don't yeah. know, like his his popped collar and stuff like that, and like the red thick, like the red hunters like outfit. It, like, it looked really cool. And shout out to um, the people that dressed Belle, considering like at this time, like the actress uh, Emily De Ravine is pregnant, isn't she? And she carries it. A lot better than uh, Jennifer Goodwin did. Like they hit it better. The camera angles were better. Mm-hmm. Either that, or she's not showing as much. But but I I believe she should be showing some at this point. At that point, she was pretty big, and you could kind of see it in some scenes, but otherwise, not really. Yeah, they've done a good job with the coats and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I liked it. I liked it, and I liked him. I was like, yay. It, it kind of worked with, like, in the, in the cartoon, like, he looks at the books, but he really doesn't give a shit. Like, he tosses it in the mud, and in this one, like, the same shit happens where she where they're researching, and he's like, oh, what the hell is the point in this? And she's like, no, books are amazing. This is the last thing my mom taught me. I love her. What's wrong with you? It, it, he works really well with his Disney counterpart, which I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I will agree. I thought Gaston, a fleshed out Gaston, was a great addition to the show. And uh, in the beginning, I'm not going to lie, I kind of fell for it. I was like, okay, this is going to be like a different version of Gaston. This is like the sensitive Gaston. Like all all these stories of Gaston are just sort of rumors and whatnot. And so I was kind of falling for it from the beginning. I was like, okay, you know, this is going to be an interesting little twist. But then things took a uh, not necessarily a deadly twist but a, a different twist in and of itself so we'll continue on the story we have Belle you know tells her father about the trapped ogre and uh, Maurice is like oh we gotta kill it and Belle's like no bitch you know we're gonna figure out what it wants and so she didn't say that but close enough so they arrive at the pit and gaston is injured and he claims that the ogre escaped and uh you know was waiting to like sneak attack him and uh gaston all of a sudden you know sees the ogre and starts shooting and then like everybody you know 
gets on a chase for the ogre, and uh, they find the ogre, the ogre is hiding, and Gaston is ready to kill the ogre, but Belle argues and is like, no, you know, we need to find out, here's the mirror thing, and all this kind of stuff, and uh, during the argument, Gaston breaks the mirror, and uh, they, there is a little shard of glass, though, still remaining on the mirror. And in the shard of glass, we see that Gaston's eyes are glowing red. So that, combined with some wounds that the ogre has, reveals that Gaston had tortured the ogre in order to provoke the creature, which is why he, he got attacked and, and that kind of stuff. And um, Belle lets the ogre escape. And uh, she looks, you know, she's very pissed off at Gaston. But back at the castle, Maurice reveals that the ogres are now advancing on the kingdom. And uh, Belle is like, you think this is my fault? And uh, he says that, you know, they can't defend against the ogre army you know they they need the help of gaston's kingdom and that gaston will still have her if um she agrees and so gaston arrives and proposes to bell and bell reluctantly agrees uh, as she believes that it is the only way to save the kingdom so that she can be a hero all right people Arranged marriages in the Enchanted Forest 101 is what we just witnessed. So let's discuss <laughs> the end of the flashback. Katie, your thoughts on the flashback as a whole and how it fit in to uh, the timeline of everything that we've seen. I liked it. I mean, I, I, I enjoy the flashbacks and I enjoy especially pre rumple Bell flashbacks a lot. Um, and this kind of, you know, um, gave us a little bit of you know, how did Belle end up with Gaston? Because um, we had seen in Skin Deep that she was obviously engaged to Gaston and that was it. So it was kind of nice to get some backstory into how that happened and to um, give us some insight into the, the title of the episode, Her Handsome Hero, and how that tied in with um, his unfinished business in Underbrook. So... I enjoyed it. I mean, I thought it was a fun episode. It kind of it pissed me off because I feel like all of Belle's love interests don't like... They, like, undermine her good traits and make her, like... I don't know. It just... <sighs> she has such good traits and she has to give them up to... I don't even know what I'm trying to say, but... I don't know. I need this woman to find a good man who appreciates her goodness and her compassion and her forgiveness. She I love did. That she let him go. That's what Will Scarlet was for. Aww. It's true. Oh my gosh. But anyways, she's just... Ash is like, who's Will Scarlet oh. again? My god, don't. No. Don't bring that up. <laughs> I love Belle, and I love, I don't remember, was, I think this is in the flash, flashback, where she said, you know, what makes a hero is compassion and forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Was that in the flashback? Okay. Yeah, because that was because about that her was, handsome hero. Yeah, that was such an important line, and it really just describes her, and that was just beautiful, so I really, I really enjoyed that, especially in the flashback. Okay, Priscilla, thoughts on the flashback? 
Belle is the most stupid person I've ever fucking seen in my life. Like, oh. oh my god, like, <laughs> this... Okay, so you're in the middle of a kingdom that still hasn't gotten into the ogre wars, and you see an ogre. These are the same people, that, th these are the same types of creatures that fucking eat people, and the first thing you think of is... Well, maybe it's a nice one. Yeah, but its parents aren't, and its parents want to start war with your kingdom. What the hell are you doing? Like, you slay spies. You don't talk to them and ask them for tea and let them look in a mirror. Like, ugh. Secondly, like, she goes through, a, through all of this bullshit to find the mirror and uses it on Gaston, but she never uses it on the stupid little creature running away. I'm like, this is the goddamn point. What are you doing? <laughs> she, w when, when her father was like, you like, it, it's, it's not your fault. I was like, yes, it is. It is all your fault. You dragged your kingdom into this. Like, ah, she's the worst ruler ever. Like <laughs> compassion, my left foot. Like what? This is <gasps> war. What are you talking about? Uh, that, that just kind of like Rumpel, take her away. She's she's terrible. Like royal, is is better for her to be out of the sidelines, away from ruling people. Oh my! Oh shoot! Tell us what you think of what? Young Snow spilling secrets. Oh, at least that one wasn't kingdom killing like this shit. Like her mom died because of an ogre coming in to like kill, like to destroy the kingdom. Like, do. You, her people were dying. She had to go ask the Dark One and become a servant to stop this. So, like, you you have to admit that she, she, she invited this. This happened because of the, fa the, the, the flaw in logic of a kindness and compassion, which is you're supposed to use it with a, do a good dose of wisdom. And she just didn't have it this time around. It was too much trust and less wisdom. Well, there you go. Ash, what'd you think of Belle? And, and her story as a whole in the flashback. I thought that this flashback was the season one part of the episode. Like how this season so far has given you that it's been a, oh God, what's the word? Like a shout out to season one this mm -hmm. entire time. And this flashback gave us the season one part of this episode where we find out why Belle survived that attack and no one else did. That's because she let the ogre go. Oh, okay. And they knew to let her live. You, oh, so, okay. See, I, I sort of thought about that for half a moment, but I didn't really put two and two together. So I, I like that. And that could be potentially true. Yeah. Because remember they said that they couldn't understand why she survived, why they didn't kill her. And she woke up Wait. and her mother was dead. Wait, so that means that her mom was alive during this episode? Correct. They referenced it yes. a couple times. Okay. Yeah. I thought they referenced it because she was dead. No. No, they never said that know. she was dead. They just probably she couldn't okay. get the actress. or She probably yeah, didn't want to come for just her. a scene. When they particular... One of the scenes is... Um, her being like, my mom would never have done this. And she's like, on this, your mom and I agree. So they have talked. Okay, okay I see. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. That's a good... That's, yeah, it makes yeah. sense now to me. I well. like that, Ash. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. 
and Puppy Chula points. Give uh, them to thank her. You. She needs them. Fifty Puppy Chula radio <laughs> power points, non redeemable as cash. <laughs> and I believe five fifty so far. And I believe <laughs> Ava hasn't gone. Ava, your thoughts on the flashback as a whole uh, and how it fits in with everything. As a whole, um, well, uh, Belle's character, uh, like. I wouldn't. I kind of want to agree with Priscilla, but I wouldn't call Belle a stupid bitch. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she, it just showed she's naive. Like, yeah, but again, it's because she she grew up with books. She doesn't have the real life experience. Like, she hasn't been in the war. She doesn't rule the kingdom. So for her, if she sees an innocent creature, person, or anything. It makes sense for her to give it a, a chance because that's what her character is. Give a second chance. That thing was gonna attack them, so it was a smaller one. And um, as a whole, Gaston was—I uh, liked how they made him the same way as in the movie. He wasn't this nice guy, but he was the monster. So yeah, that was. It was alright. It wasn't my favorite, but it was alright. Gave Emily more screen time, which was, I guess, okay. I guess. <laughs> yeah, my feelings are still indifferent towards it. It was a nice flashback, in a sense. It was great to get a peek into Belle's life. And probably the flashback was, was the more interesting dynamic as far as what was going on with those characters and versus, you know, what ended up happening to them in the present day, for me at least. And, uh, yeah, so uh, points definitely to the flashback. I always like when they fill in the gaps, and certainly what Ash mentioned was a great gap to fill. Ash fell into the gap. Yeah, no, totally. Ash, defi Ash defined the gap. Ash found the gap for us. I, I, I like that. She did. And then she <laughs> filled it. <laughs> whoop whoop. Alright, so let's get into present day Storybrook USA. Oh, not, no, sorry, not even Storybrook USA. Present day Underbrook. I don't know if they're in the USA, but Underbrook, <laughs> comma, Underworld the world. USA. <laughs> Yes. So Emma wakes up from a nightmare. In the dream, we see Hook, Snow White, and Emma in the graveyard. And Emma is attempting to use some light magic to erase their names from the tombstones that Hades had created. When all of a sudden, or to a tornado appears. A twister! A twister! And the three seek shelter behind a large tombstone. Hook senses that there is something that the um, twister brought with it. And it is a large creature. Snow attempts to face the creature and is taken out. And assumably... She she was killed when Emma wakes up. I was like, damn Emma, it, it was a dream. Damn it. I, oh, <laughs> Emma tells Hook, and uh, you know they they wonder if they're their visions or whatnot. Uh, they they get a um, a sort of uh, signal 
on, because they're on the roof of the library. So they head on down, and in the library, Regina has spent the night preparing a spell to break Hades' protection spell on the elevator by drawing runes all over the elevator door. Emma and Regina use their magic together, and they open the door as they break the code, but they reveal that on the other side of the door is a brick wall. So, uh, Emma outlines some of the details of the dream, believing that she can actually erase the names of the tombstones, like maybe it's uh, like a prophecy type of dream. Hook is like, okay, you know, I'm going to come with you, and then all of a sudden, Snow is like, you know, I'm coming too, and like, Emma's like, no, 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 but uh, David is like, or Charming's like, you know, don't argue with your mother. Worst idea, you, you, have, a mag- you have a girl who's like... Do they already know that she had a vision of Neil that, like, checked out? No. Okay, that's why I'm like, she's she's been able to tell the future already, and you're you're still like, no, let's bring the two you. And, she, and also, at that moment, she hadn't said anything about anything bad happening in the dream as well. Ah, uh, that makes sense now. Yes. So, what did we think of uh, Emma's dream? Because they... They don't necessarily use dream sequences a lot on Once Upon a Time. Every mm-hmm. once in a while. And they usually mean something. So what did we think when we started off the episode with a dream? It was all a dream. It was interesting. I didn't realize it was a dream at first. I was like, holy crap, what's going on? Yeah, I was but, very uh, confused. Yeah. But it was super interesting to use it that way. Because then when things started happening and the way it was happening in our dream, you're like, oh, Mary Mark. I'm sorry. Wow. Why did I say Mary Mark? Snow White. <laughs> Don't go beyond that big, huge gravestone. And she didn't. So they kind of changed the dream a little bit, which was interesting. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I appreciated the use of the dream, too. Like, I was, I don't know, like. When when I saw like the shadow go in and ah like I thought I heard like, kind of like a wolf growl, so I was like, th- this has to mean something. Like Cerberus, we we already dealt with him an episode past. He he's not there anymore. So this had to mean something else. So when she wakes up and she's all scared, I I don't know. I just I feel I, like I already felt like that meant something. Like something was going to happen because of it. But like, okay. I, uh, uh, another part of me was really confused, like what I mentioned now, just because I was just kind of like, why? Why wouldn't you trust Emma? But if they don't know about the Neil dream, then they don't know to trust her current dreams, and that makes sense now. Very true. So the trio head on over to the underworld cemetery. Emma attempts to cast a spell from her dream, but all of a sudden. The nightmare starts coming true. A twister happens. Everyone's sort of saying the same lines from the dream. She's like, no, no, no. And so she explains that, you know, something bad happens in the dream. And so they hide behind the tombstone. Snow is getting ready to face the creature. But Emma's like, no, something bad happens. Don't. And so she, Hook, and Snow instead head into Regina's vault where uh, basically Emma confesses, of, you know, there something bad happens to you in the dream. You die. You know, we can't go up there. We can't face this beast. In another part of town, Zelina is just walking about and uh, Hades sort of is pining for her from afar will, when all of a sudden... I say, mm-hmm. that's, that is the same place that Hook 
got out like his telescope to watch like while Emma was eating at Granny's with her family. So I'm like that that spot that is like lovers pining central. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Hades, my babe. That's too funny. <laughs> so he's he's pining over Zelina who's just walking through town, but all of a sudden he notices a flower growing in the ground so there's new growth in the underworld we'll revisit that a little bit later so Zelina heads into Granny's and uh, or I should say Blindy's and uh, Regina arrives because she's she's hoping to find something out from her sister and they have a nice sort of like bonding-ish moment between sisters where they're just sort of discussing in particular on like how Zelina's doing and and that kind of thing but uh, once Regina sort of starts pressing Zelina on Hades and his weaknesses Zelina sort of realizes oh you know that's what you're looking for and so she does explain that Hades you know was in love with her but she's like how could anyone love me and that she feels that she's Hades is like biggest weakness Yes, dun, I, dun, thought, dun. I love the irony. She was like telling everybody, like, I'm going to go ask Selena if she knows what his biggest weakness is. And I'm like, she is his weakness. Like, you're going to find Selena. <laughs> like, duh, you're going to find his weakness because you're going to Selena. They're really obvious about things. It kind of made me wish that Regina had just kind of gone up to her and was just like, hey, let's just be sisters and not had... The ulterior ulterior motive. Motive, or at least not made it so freaking obvious or hey we know that you know his secrets give us a scoop i'm like can you at least <laughs> give like the lady a hug or like maybe a piece <laughs> of toast something like talk to her what this is why she doesn't like you guys <laughs> like you're you don't have a reason to like someone if you don't talk to them like i, I, I feel bad for her yeah, I did too. I kind of felt like they could have used that. Yeah, I felt like they could have used that moment to like have them bond, but they kind of ruined it. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Just a tad. So, continuing on with Regina, she ends up... I don't know why she ends up heading to the, the vault, but I guess maybe her, her magic senses were tingling. And so she headed to... Her, her vault swan queen sense is tingling. Bay is in trouble. Yes, that's what it was. So she heads to her vault where Hook nearly hookifies her, <laughs> but uh, shish kebabs her. <laughs> but fortunately, she was like, fortunately, your aim is, uh, or whatever. She she said something like, your, your reflexes your are aim better is than better your. Your yeah, fashion. And I, and I do you did you notice that right after she says that like he kinda looks really indignant and like fluffs his hair with his hook? I'm just kinda like you guys both yes! are Madonna's. <laughs> Jeez. It was very good. And so while they're all having a powwow in Regina's vault while the creature is upstairs roaming the cemetery, I guess. You know, that's where Regina's like, you know, what's really going on, Emma? What's really going on? And Emma is basically like, you know, I failed everybody. You know, we, I saved Hook. But, you know, I brought everybody down here. And I shouldn't have done that. And I brought Henry. You know, why did I bring Henry? Exactly. Why did you bring Henry? <laughs> and uh, and Snow is basically like, 
you know, love is worth it. We all were here for you and we're all going to save the day and hope and hope and hope, hope, hope. And so that kind of fluffs Emma up and and Snow's like, you know, we got to do what we always do. We always, you know, face creatures and we're going to take them down. And so Emma, Regina, Hook and Snow chase down the beast into the woods and Emma believes it's the same creature from her dream, and so they use magic to stop it. And when they reach the creature, they are shocked to find that it's a wolf. And then Snow is like, no, wait a minute, you know, there's this red cloak over here, let me put it over it. And so they put the cloak over the wolf, and it is actually Ruby, who has shown up in the underworld. And uh, they're trying to wake her up. So they shake her but... boob. Like, look back on that. <laughs> yeah, that was. They were shaking her boob. <laughs> I thought I was the only one that noticed it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> it's like, well, that's. So they try to wake her up by shaking her boobs, and uh, Snow tells all of them, you know, that Emma's dream was a vision. It was not a nightmare. So Ruby is here. Yay! And her magical cloak just happened to be beside her. Mm-hmm. Yay! Never go home without it. Yes. So, what did we think of the return of Ruby, as well as the little bonding scene between everyone in the vault? Emma's come so far from season one. Like, from not giving a shit about anyone, and from just, like, taking care of herself, to now kind of, like, taking on guilt if other people are, like, helping her and realizing that she needs to help them she needs to save them like that that's beautiful and i also love the fact that she's like i don't have issues and looks down into the ground <laughs> like babe you've got more issues than vogue uh-uh. that was good you get uh, 250 puppet chula radio powerpoints not redeemable as cash and i love how when she was like now Ash is vying for points. <laughs> no, I'm going to build up Priscilla because I'm going to say the same thing. That how far she's come because someone asked her, like, what's wrong? Like, what's really wrong? Instead of just saying, like, no, nothing's wrong. And just, like, pulling up her walls. Like, she just, like, looks at Hook and is like, puppy dog. Well, guys, Hook like, has looks broken up those walls down, baby. So she looks <laughs> up at him and then looks down at the floor and then back at him. And it's like... Looking for it, like letting him know, like I, I don't, I, I feel so small right now. But it's not just Hook. You saw, like she's she's more open to Regina and to her mother. Like it's everyone. She's just yes. But I know Regina was like boo, Captain boo. Swan. Tell us the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Hook brought her walls down, but Regina fucking bulldozes through them. Oh my! <laughs> what walls? <laughs> I wonder what she used for that. Uh, wrecking ball? She came in like a wrecking ball. You know ball. the line? <laughs> you know the line where she says, what if something happens to someone? Like somebody basically dying. How am I going to live with that? Foreshadowing. Yeah, I was going to say, that's foreshadowing. That's definitely foreshadowing. Henry dies. <laughs> dun dun dun. Granny dies. Katie, I heard on your show that Henry's gonna die. Like, okay, so I think it's time to discuss that. <laughs> Listeners, <laughs> whoever it was that sent Katie an ask, I love. Listeners, you. let's explain what Ash is saying because it might be gibberish to some of you. Although, 
maybe a lot of what Ash says. No, let me stop. <laughs> but let me explain. Okay. For those that don't know, I'm sure many of you do know, Katie owns uh, the Tumblr site, storybrookmirror.tumblr.com, and she posts fantastic spoilers and all, you know, lots of goodies for all of our once hearts to enjoy, especially, you know, throughout the week when once isn't on the air, you know, airing new episodes and whatnot. And so she usually gets a lot of asks, and we like to tease her sometimes with asks and whatnot, where we're like, you know, maybe, you know, they're going to ask this and that, ask that, especially things that kind of annoy Katie, because she gets asked this a lot. In particular, when is Graham going to return? Are we ever going to see the Mad Hatter again? What are your thoughts on Ruby Season 2? You know, what are your real thoughts on Will Scarlet? Will we ever see the Red Queen again? Things like that, right, Katie? Mm, the best questions, yes. Yes. And best so, Ash, <laughs> when she joined, she joined at the start of our Season 3, which covers Season 5 of Once Upon a Time. She basically threatened Katie by saying, okay, one day I am going to send you an ask about Graham. And per, per <laughs> Ash, she sent it like back in November. And, I, and Kelly answered it, and Kelly was like, and it was it was a bad time for me to do it because a bunch of spoilers about season five B were released and who was going to be in the op- in the in the half season premiere. And she was like, "No, I didn't hear anything about Graham, but you know, maybe." I was just like, "Really, Kelly? Why couldn't you let Katie answer it?" But the funny thing is, is that recently, within the past month, Katie has received two asks about Graham. And Katie believes that it was Ash, and in so as much as in the most recent one, she actually responded on her Tumblr site, something like, Ashley. Like, hello, Ash, and I was just like, it's not me, Katie! So apparently, (laughs) we have loyal listeners that get our inside jokes and are now using them to torment Katie. Which I 100% approve of. You can impersonate me all you want. (laughs) (laughs) So we love you, listeners. So please send send Katie fantastic (laughs) asks. Oh, ask her a lot about Ruby Season 2. She loves that. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yay! Thumbs up. Ask her if the Mad Hatter's returning. You know, ask her if Granny's ever going to get a love life. The show's gonna get canceled because the ratings are bad. Just keep asking all of those questions. Okay. Is it though? Is it gonna get canceled? I heard the <laughs> show is getting canceled. What? <laughs> and in Take the series finale, oh. Graham is gonna return and make love to Emma. Oh my god! Oh, a a Graham <laughs> sandwich? Hell yes! I I'm down for that. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> good grief yes just keep asking me questions it's very entertaining and I love spending my time looking at those asks see see everyone she She does it's her hobby it is and if it's it's not her hobby her co-mod will answer them in a saucy kind of way (laughs) yeah well on that note speaking of saucy people or maybe not as saucy Let's discuss the main bulk of uh, the Underbrook storyline. Belle 
basically issues an ultimatum to gold she's like you know in order to protect her child you know you can't use your magic for bad you can only use your magic for good and so okay so she hands the ultimatum to gold elsewhere as i mentioned before hades spots a flower which means that uh if there's new growth in the underworld, you know, the underworld is supposed to be decaying. That means that hope is in the air. And these outsiders have brought hope. And hope cannot be in the underworld. So he finds Gaston, who's working at the Storybrook or Underbrook, pet shelter, where um, David worked in David season worked. one. yeah. They brought back the set, yay. And, uh underworlded it so hades makes a deal with gaston to so that gaston can um you know get his revenge on the dark one he's basically like you know you take gold out he's in town with your ex-fiance and he hands gaston a set of uh, very lethal arrows uh, so uh, Gold and Bell attempt to look up a spell and, you know, to, to see if, if they can it can help them, you know, in particular, you know, their child, you know, so that Hades can't do anything to it. But Gold is all like, you know, with light magic, all you're going to be able to find is how to make tea. You know, we need the dark magic. And Bell's like, you know, forget this. And so while they're arguing, she leaves and they, they continue the argument outside and they are met with an arrow fired by Gaston. And um, the first one misses and the second one is caught by gold, even as Belle tries to sort of mediate between them. Gaston tells Belle that gold is responsible for his death and uh, he aims another arrow but misses because gold uses magic to uh, poof them away to the docks. Belle is shocked to learn that uh, Gaston had died and uh, gold was ready to use dark magic to defeat Gaston but Belle said no, you know, she she's going to try to do things a different way she's like you know i'm gonna help gaston move on you know when people move on it pisses hades off it seems to weaken his power you know at least that's what hook had told her so she is going to help gaston move on so they head on over to the pet shelter they uh, use magic to bust through gaston's locker which uh gold was like oh you want me to use my magic to bust through a locker but she's like that's not the same as killing people and so bell finds uh, the her handsome hero book and so bell feels that she is gaston's unfinished business so she asks <sighs> gold to leave and uh, she waits for gaston while she waits for him, she's surprised by Hades, who shows up to offer her a deal. She's like, you know what? I know people and their deals. No. But she's like, but, but he's like, listen, you know, I will let you have your baby if you let Gaston and Rumpel fight to the death. I love how you say it super, like, a lot nicer than he, he's just like, I want your yes. baby. Like, I mean, your fucking belly. That scene was awesome. He's gonna eat the baby. He's gonna eat the baby. He's gonna eat the baby. 
Right, Katie? Oh, it's yeah. a callback. Katie, sure. I heard on your show that Hades is going to consume <laughs> Belle's baby. Yes. <sighs> so yep, the deal is, Gaston and Rumpel have to fight to the death. And if one of them throws the other into the River of Lost Souls, which just so happens to merge, I guess, with the, the bay, then, uh, you know, Belle can have the baby. So let's pause right here for a second. Let's discuss everything that's happened so far from Bell issuing the ultimatum to Gold to Gaston trying to aerofy Gold and the deal with Hades that Bell was offered. Would you have taken the deal? I'm kind of curious. So uh, we'll start off with Priscilla. I would have taken the deal by, like, just helped. Because, God damn like i'm so sick of this like ultimatum crap between both of them it's such a toxic relationship where like she says i'm only gonna be with you if you change and if you are this certain thing and him generally being a butthead and revealing oh i i killed your fiance well he was well it was an arranged marriage like oh my god can you be can you stop being such a five-year-old like it's just uh, I, I don't know. I'm every time they both come on together, they bring out the worst in each other. Like they suck up the air. It's uh, I find myself just that that is my literal like expression. Ugh. And I remember watching this with a friend, and the friend turning around and looking at me and was just kind of like, "You would have liked Quasimodo as fucking Gaston if it meant breaking up those two together." And I was like, "Yep, yeah, you're right. I would have. I would have liked anyone." If it if it just got rid of those two, just uh, the worst people ever. Well, now it's time for point counterpoint. Ava, your thoughts? I think they bring the best in each other. Uh, the bickering between them was just so fun to watch, because in the midst of them, them two screaming at each other, they were speaking the truth. He wasn't lying, and she wasn't saying anything that. Um, well, basically, I mean, honesty was in that argumentation that they had. So I really, really loved when every time if they're talking or screaming, it's just uh, for me, because I'm really invested in this in this relationship and these two characters. Um, I really loved it. It was a very fun thing to watch that not just me, but quite a lot of other people. So, yeah, yeah. They, they bring out the best in each other when they're together because it kind of showed uh, for, uh, for Belle that life is not really about, it's not really black and white. There are some actions that need to be taken in order to protect the ones you loved, love. And for Rumpelstiltskin, I mean, he, he is who he is. That's not going to change. Just like I am who I am. But I will try to be a better person. Now that's a different thing. And he is a better person. Wait, when did he ever say I'm going to try and be a better person? Like, even if he did say, like, all of his actions denote that, like, I'm going to try. Wait, no. Like, it, it, the, when the going gets rough, the, the, the tough people stop giving a shit and go back to being bad guys. Like, he, he, well, my focus is this episode. episode. Is because when he, when she was like, well, listen, this deal that uh, Hades made me, and he's like, 
Well, you know, I'm trying. You know how what Merlin said about whole using the magic for good. Well, I can do that. I will do that for you, but not today, because it's important. Like I could put myself in that position. If somebody gives me that deal, I would take it with with a heartbeat. Because hey, that's if that's the only deal. If I have to kill someone who's already dead, why not just throw them in this uh, river of lost souls and just get the because- contract? Done. Because everybody deserves a chance to move on. Like, that's a really, like, terrible thing. But then again, I, I said yes because I'd rather have my baby alive and have it's good for nothing father dead. But then, like, again, we both push different people down that path of lost souls. Right. Okay, Ash, what are your thoughts as a whole uh, on what has happened so far with Bell and uh, Rumple, as well as the deal that Bell has been offered by Hades. One, I think she should have taken the deal. She wants to not part with this baby, and that was the first real time so far that she's been given the chance to keep the baby with no strings. And it, she knows that Rumple could defeat Gaston. Like, She's had enough faith in him so far that I don't see why she wasn't just like, oh, well, I get to keep my baby and I never have to look at my ex again. That kind of thing. But I want to know when Rumple started being such a shit to Belle. Because this entire, this entire series, whenever he does something wrong... And she yells at him for it. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry, baby. Like, I'll never do it again. Like, please forgive me. And with his fingers crossed behind his back. And now he's just like, well, this is how I am. Take me or leave me, baby. Like, you're not going to get any better than this. I'm not going to get any better than this. I just don't know. I feel, I hate saying it, but I feel like it's when he found out that she was pregnant that he's like, oh, well, mm, okay. Like, sits back in his chair like, I I don't know what you want me to say. Like, I'm not changing. I agree. Like, it it feels like, I don't know the English word for it, but it's chantaje, where, like, he knows that shit's going to go down his way anyway, so he's just going to needle her, just wait until she falls in line because it's it's going to happen and it feels like such a dirty thing to me like gosh I, I, I don't know like real like healthy couples don't do that to each other they don't set up ultimatums for one another I agree okay interesting takes on it well we're almost done with the storyline so I'll get everyone sort of take on the storyline as a whole in just a moment because uh, Gaston arrives at Gold's pawn shop and he shoots an arrow at what he thinks is Rumpelstiltskin but it's um, Mannequin instead where they found a mannequin in Underbrook but who knows so <laughs> he's then confronted Mannequin. yes he's confronted by Bell who now knows he was willing to kill Rumple, and uh, you know she believes that he still has feelings for her. But in reality, she learns that the book was his punishment and a constant reminder of why he died. And uh, it's all your fault, Belle. It's all your fault. And so um, 
He's also shocked to discover that Belle is now Rumple's wife and leaves furious. So Belle tells Gold about everything, including the deal. And um, she's like, you know, please, you know, don't hurt Gaston. Don't hurt him. And then that's when Gold tells uh, her, you know, you know, I, pro- I want to be a good man, just not today. And so he poofs away and we find him at the docks and he's using his uh, Jedi mind tricks magic to choke Gaston by the throat and to send him into the river of La Soul. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh my ash. <laughs> That's fucking Okay, carry on. <laughs> Leave Ava's fantasies out of this. <laughs> And so, you know, Belle is, is there, and, and, and uh, you know, she's like, no, don't do this. And then she kisses him, and then all of a sudden she pulls out her dagger. Ha ha ha! And she commands him not to hurt Gaston. Her dagger. Yes. And, uh, you know, don't hurt Gaston. And so he drops him to the ground. But, of course, you know, Gaston has to get his revenge so he's ready to shoot him with an arrow and these arrows remember are magical in the sense that they have uh they're like embedded with the uh water from the river of lost souls so whoever gets struck with the arrow will immediately turn into one of those lost souls that uh, you know will forever swim in the river unfortunately bell or unfortunately for Gaston, that is, Belle sort of knocks Gaston away, you know, from shooting uh, Rumpel, and uh, he gets tossed into the river of lost souls. So Belle is all happy, you know, oh, he's in the river, you know, the deal, my baby's fine. Then Hades appears and is like, burm, burm, burm. No, our deal is null and void. Because, and, and Belle, you would think you'd know that you got to do the deal to the letter. you got to follow exactly what the deal is. You can't just make up your own rules. Because Belle tossed Gaston into the river, and it was not Gaston and Rumpel fighting to the death, the deal is null and void. And uh, he looks down at the ground, and one of the flowers that was new growth in uh, the underworld starts wilting, and uh, it shows to him as a sign, or I should say, he takes that as a sign that hope is fading away once again in the underworld. And he also says, I will be taking your baby later on. So he sends that charred uh, dead flower to uh, Granny's or Blindies as a gift to Zelina from what Hades. kind of My Chemical Romance Night Before Christmas bullshit is that? That's fucking creepy. You couples are weird. Um, Zelina liked it, so <laughs> that's fucking. She odd. likes weird kinky stuff. You should see her yeah. green room, but um. <laughs> okay, so let's get everyone's take on uh, this storyline as a whole. Katie, oh. what did you think of uh, <clears throat> Gold and Belle and Gaston? Uh, it was interesting. Um, I don't know. I, I just feel so bad for 
Belle. Like, I feel like no one appreciates her for who um, she is. Merlin did. Exactly. Well, okay. No one alive. Merlin, obviously. <laughs> no, not exactly. Let's classify this here. Uh, like, uh, Rumple loves her, but I feel like he was—he's just been so cold towards her, and he's like, "Well, I'm not gonna change, so uh, I'm just gonna continue to be bad because that's just who I am." And I'm like, "Well, bitch, excuse me." <laughs> Katie's impression of Rumpelstiltskin is my new spirit animal. It's gonna be my ringtone for the week. That's my aesthetic. I love that. <laughs> I don't even. I love Rumple for his character, but like with Belle, it frustrates me because she deserves someone so good for her. And like, I don't even know. He just bounces back and forth so much. He's like, you can trust me. Never mind, you can't trust me. And like, I don't, I don't even know. It's a vicious I'm just, cycle. I get, I get, yeah, I get very frustrated by him, how he treats Belle. It's not physical but, abuse, it's like emotional abuse. Yeah, like, it's weird. It's just very frustrating, because you he, know, yeah, I wouldn't you go, mind all this shit if, like, if, if she was just honest with herself, it was just kind of like, you know what? Yeah, I like you, warts and all. And I like you as the dark one. And, like, the lacy or some shit. Have this be interesting and new and different as opposed to the same old I love the good inside of you, Rumple. I know that there's something inside. That was like, kind of like Aussie British mix. I approve, though. Yeah. <laughs> it started off Aussie, but then it headed into the British territory. I was trying to pull a bell accent. I guess it kind of works. Like, no, not at all. I'm not going to give myself points for that. <laughs> but I don't know. Like I, like I said in an episode earlier, I liked the refreshing take of him being like, you know what? I am what I am. And that's all that I am. Like, I'm going to be the dark one. That is that. That's who I am. And I don't appreciate Bell kind of accepting him and then realizing it's a fake out and just taking the dagger away from him smart but still like easy to call i like it when once upon a time surprises me this didn't surprise me yeah i think i think what priscilla what you said sort of sums up my feeling for rumbell if she would embrace his darkness and be like you know what i'm gonna love you warts and all I could get behind them, but because she doesn't want to, and, and like you said, you know, she sees the good in him, and she wants him to be good, and he doesn't want to be good. Like, they're just, in my opinion, toxic for each other, and I, I just can't cheer for them at all. Like, I don't see a future for them that's positive. And once again, and I'm going to say this while Ash is here, like, I just feel like they aren't ever going to uh, redeem Rumple. back together. Sorry. No, <laughs> they're never going to redeem Rumple, and um, he's going to end up doing something really bad, and at some point, maybe it'll be the end of the series, he's going to die. Because there's oh, no way that they're going to redeem him. sucking up to me. Aww. No, not really. It's called giving you props. It would be the same shit as Pan. Like, we've seen this happen during the Pan arc. I like, know, exactly. Again. And then he had a clean slate, and then he ruined it. 
so give me something new here, people. Like, mm-mm. if it happens the way you think it will, like it's just the end, like going around the circle and then going around it again. Like, mm. yeah. But yeah. I have a feeling that the yeah. whole thing that Merlin said, he didn't say it for naught. Like, they probably will have him be the one to wield the light and the dark. So I don't know how no, that's going to happen. Keep remembering that prophecy. But nobody remembers the prophecy that said that Henry's going to be his downfall. But wasn't oh, that yeah. already solved? See, if that's the case, then like, wouldn't you say that like the dark one that can manage both the light and the darkness hasn't that already been Emma? Like, isn't that theory already? Oh like? yeah, that would be true too, in a sense. Yeah, I think I have to say the same thing that I said in the season, then the half season finale, that. They have just reiterated Rumpel's characterization over and over again. Like, this is who he is, and he's not going to change, and everyone thinks he's going to change or have this arc. And at the end of that episode, at the end of that um, series of episodes, he goes dark again, and he does something bad. It's like, why are you surprised? that writers have characterized this person from the beginning to be this person. You can't expect them to just change him like that. It doesn't happen in an episode. His redemption would need to have been taken as long as Regina's or more than that. And Regina took a long time to be redeemed. Yeah. And with the prophecy that you guys brought up, the um, light in the dark, magic being wielded by the same person, I think that Emma at this point is going to be that person by the end of the series. You know, I, I, I try and think back to him saying, like, that little things, like, it, it's just a, a, a steep slope between using little things for, for the light, little dark things for the light, and then mm-hmm. just doing a lot of things. And I just think back, and I'm just like, even without magic, like, you have people like Emma and Neil and Will Scarlet picking locks to break them and snooping around things, like, like or breaking down elevator doors this episode like if if you're going to get into semantics like that all magic is dark but it isn't it's the well, cause like, yeah the intention for. like Belle said in this episode she's like well I'm picking a lock I'm not murdering somebody <laughs> yeah <laughs> to make that decision. turning in, turning like, them oh, into a roach and smushing them yeah, yeah. Like, there, there is that distinction yeah Ava I love that you're on the show. You know, one of the reasons because you are a big fan of Rumple, and there is a large community out there that supports and loves Rumple and really wants to see. I don't know if they want to see him redeemed, but at least have uh, a, a positive outcome with Bell. What are your thoughts on the road that they're taking Bell and Rumple, and in particular in this episode, and where you see them going in the future? Whoa. Um. I just lost my thoughts, but back to Rumpel. I think, yes, he's one of those characters where he's not Regina or Hook. He's a character where he grows as a character, but will still have his same um, characteristics attached to him. I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, but for Rumpel and Belle relationship, I think they're, in my opinion, for me, they're one of the most interesting uh, couples on the show because uh, 
I don't see him as abusive, like like you guys mentioned. Uh, it's not abuse. Ab- abuse is something that's someone like if you're saying it's an emotional abuse, it's uh, you're emotionally downgrading someone, emotionally telling them that you're not worth it, you're you're worthless, you're this and that and that. And in I don't know, like for me, I've never seen Rumpelstiltskin saying that to Belle. Uh, he has supported her always. He loves her, and uh, that's what they are. I mean, but I also um, uh, it goes back to the same thing. Like you guys have been mentioning, how he's going to be holding the the darkness and the light together, and uh, R- Rumpelstiltskin as a character. It, he is who he is. He, he's not going to change like other people are saying. Why isn't he turning into a good person? Because if he does, then then there's no point to the show. Everyone is holding hands and singing Kumbaya. It's, that's not how it works. You, you just got to have that one conflicted, complex character where you're like, what is he up to? Why is he doing the things he is doing? And uh, Belle being a part of him helps him she really brings out the best in him like he behaves around her uh comparing him from season four to season five he is a different character because i do pay attention to him more than any other character my, one of my reasons to watch the show is his character he's your boothang uh, he's my boothang obviously um but he is a different character. That blank slate that was given to him, he didn't screw that over. He still has that. He still has that pure heart. It's just like using magic for... It's the point of view of using the magic. Like, he thinks that, I don't know, throwing Gaston into the river is a good thing, but somebody else is like, no, it's not, because that's not how magic works. If Let's say putting him against Emma, because she has the same amount of magic as he uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have anything else to say unless you have questions. I'm done. <laughs> so I'm guessing no one has questions. No, it's I don't have questions. More of a rebuttal, but like we've already gone through like what each one of us thinks. It's like we each have a different perspective on the show exactly yeah like your I, perspective uh, like my perspective on hook is completely different than what you think or ashley or katie thinks like mine is completely the opposite and it's the same way for uh you guys on rumple like you guys are completely the opposite and i'm i'm on the other side which i don't mind because everyone views the show differently i have a different perspective on hook regina emma than you guys do on those three characters. Yeah, and it adds I, I, a lot of spice. It does. I, I uh, like ginger show spice, show like Ash. <laughs> and Katie. Katie is a ginger <laughs> too. Hey. <laughs> I love how Katie represented. Go ahead, Priscilla. We all, we all have different opinions on like the the the, diff- the each of the characters, and with characters like Rumple and Regina, it's polarizing. You can bring up like the fact that they that they work together, but 
I, all I remember and all I think about are moments like when he was willing to give up the entire town and ice them and have them die just because he wanted to have power in the outside world and was going to lie and tell Henry that his mother died. Or the same man, conversely, who saves the entire town and kills himself and his son, not son, his father, for the good of the entire town. So, like, he... He flip flops a lot. Exactly. Yeah. Character. That's his. That. That's. That's who he is. <laughs> yeah. And the more the, the it, that in the way that frustrates me that Belle doesn't see that she only wants to see one side of him. That's and true. That's true. But I think like this season she's learning it, especially when she took the dagger from uh, from his jacket, and uh, she basically took his. Uh, autonomy for protecting himself and uh, her because uh, as soon as she says I command you to drop him down he, Gaston takes the uh, bow and arrow tries to kill Rumpel and that's when Belle kind of realizes because she pushes him in the river that's when she realizes she's like holy shit like this isn't about black and white this is very gray like Try the gray it was, stuff. It's you know, delicious. <laughs> it's it, it it was more morally it is gray. because it, mm-hmm. it brings about the notion of do you if you kill is it necessarily all the time evil? Like we had this sort of discussion with Cruella and with Emma when she did it. Mm-hmm. But with the, in this case she's I I think she's going to have to live with the fact that she's condemned Gaston into not coming back, not having his either happy ending or like just the ending necessary because mm-hmm. she chose, she, she chose as much as she can say it was an accident. She chose, she chose to defend herself, her child and Rumpel. Do we think the murder, cause that's basically what it was. The, the second murdering of uh, Gaston will affect Belle. No, they're go- they're I, they're going they're going to brush it over because like I, I don't know like it's they- gonna it's a good character development for her with her husband with Rumpel because now she the couple she that kills like, together stays together <laughs> stays together because Priscilla is like you know Rumpel um, you know how Belle only says oh I see the good in you blah 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 which is true but then now as a character she will see the both sides she will see that in that heat of the moment when he says you have to take actions or whatever it because that's what Emma did too in that moment she had to either she had to kill Cruella or else she would have done something bad to um even though as audience we knew she couldn't because the author wrote her we knew what was happening Mm -hmm. but it's just that moment that moment where you it's it's either a or b and you have that option you just pick your I hope the show brings it out but for some reason like I don't necessarily have hope for it because Hmm. Belle has always been shown as like a shiny good character even though like she did some sort of like sketch things with Anna like in the Frozen arc like but well, we don't talk they, about they always kind of er, like erased or like they, they don't focus on that and that's I the bad thing about the show too. like it yeah I totally see what you're saying I mean the show has done that a lot to not just these two characters but to other characters too like erasing what they have done and it's just like oh this never happened or oh what's uh, what's continuity it just it is what it is but 
for me as yeah um, as a viewer who's fan of these two characters uh i have hope Aw, and that's the most important part. So, to make this episode come full circle, since Ash mentioned Britney Spears at the start of the episode, I guess we learned that Belle's not that innocent. Oops, she didn't. Oh my god. <laughs> so, let's get into the MVP, the most valuable player, the character that impressed you the most, and why. And of course, the rules are, you cannot repeat a character once it has been mentioned, but you can give it a shout out uh, if someone, uh, quote unquote, stole your chosen one. And uh, we will start off with, um, hmm, why not, Ava Stark. I'm going to say Bell present under Brooke Bell because uh, it was a uh, it was a character I don't know it was like something new towards her character by by pushing Gaston uh, into the river so hopefully they will use that for her development as character kind of like adding more uh, characterizations to her as opposed to just being this pure good-hearted um, woman Katie I'm going to choose Snow White Gasp. because she didn't play like a super big role in this episode, but she did play a big enough role and she said some really good lines, especially the one about love is worth it. That was so, it was so Snow White and it was really powerful and it just, I really liked her in this episode. I love that she's... I mean, I've always loved Snow, but I love that she has really stepped up in this season, or this half of the season. And she's just been fantastic. So, shout out to her. I'm going to go next, and I'm going to choose Ruby. You no <laughs> no that was on purpose. <gasps> you shit! You knew that I was gonna do that. Yes, because I have crystal balls, <laughs> and I looked in them. <laughs> I'm so mad at you. Thank you, Priscilla, for the laugh. But I choose Ruby, and the reason why I chose Ruby—I don't know why other people chose Ruby—but the reason why I chose Ruby is because. <laughs> She may have just sort of been exposed at the end of the episode, but, like, the entire plot with our heroes was focused on Ruby, you know, this mysterious creature, and it was, like, an entire episode build-up to the return of a character that is a fan favorite that Katie loves being asked about, and uh, now Katie can be asked about, so how long is Ruby going to be on? And that kind of thing. But I'm so glad Ruby's back. I feel like she was like such a strong character in the beginning. And unfortunately, they didn't give her the arc that she was supposed to have in Season 2. Which Katie and I are very angry about. And um, she just kind of fell on the wayside. And I'm glad that she's back. And that they've given her, hopefully, a strong storyline. So welcome back, Ruby. Welcome back. Next, Priscilla. No one's good like Gaston. Oh my god, I fucking loved Gaston. Oh, I love the singing. Like he's he was beautiful to look at, and he brought in some new perspective about Belle. And 
unlike what Ash thought, like I kind of Ooh, Ash got called out as like hammy and terrible and STD ridden as he was like in the cartoon movie. I, I, I thought there was some more like ambiguity towards his character, which I liked. He had STDs and in the Disney movie. Well, I guess he was banging like the triplets. Dude. Exactly. Yes. But uh, there, there's also something like in the animated movie. I remember watching like the Blu-ray version and like some sneak peeks and like some hidden stuff in the back. And they mentioned that Bell was originally supposed to push Gaston out of the way, and he falls and dies. So his death with Bell pushing him was actually kind of interesting it was good plus i i kind of want to hope better for him and hope that like he was thinking of bell when he kept her handsome hero like when he first sees the book he kind of like wants to be something like that but we uh, as we all know like he's a villain that's not what that's not what villains do but it, it it's interesting i love that about once upon a time is that it makes me think of fairy tales from a different perspective and yeah, I love Gaston. All right Beautiful. now, and Ash. I'm so salty at you. I'm so salty. <laughs> Thank you. My MVP was Ruby, not for Papi Chulo's reason because it was Papi Chulo, but because my reasons Ruby, are excellent. Ruby. After all those years of Regina trying to kill Snow White, Ruby pops out of a twister and just takes Snow out out of nowhere. Doing what nobody else could for 28 fucking years and just takes her out. That's why Ruby was MVP. <laughs> so violent. So who's your yeah, actual MVP? Ruby, so who do you pick? Zelina. Oh! If for nothing Ooh. else than to being able to call Regina out on her shit and it's like, Really? You came here to get, like, shit on the guy that I fell in love with and fell in love with me instead of just, like, seeing if I was okay? Like, could you at least, like, ask me if I was okay first? Make sure I'm okay before you try to hurt me or the people I care about? What do you think is up with her grin at the end? Because she Does maybe she feels like there could be love. Is, because is she on his side then? Like... I thought that when she walked away and left, like, that was her saying, like, I'm on no one's side but my own and my baby's. But her kind of smiling at the dead flower makes me think, like, maybe she is going to be on Hades' side. I think it's because of how he was saying, like, these heroes are brought hope and, like, new stuff is growing here during that episode and reiterating what he said like this is our decay like we could take down these people that hurt you and take away their hopelessness and that's a symbol of their hope to lose the hope that is in the underworld and that maybe they could actually have a future together Mm -hmm. interesting all right so let's talk about the future katie Yes, we will. It's time to get a little spoilery. Let's dive into the spoilers for upcoming episodes of Once Upon a Time. This is an official spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. So, as always, you can check out our official Facebook like page by visiting facebook.com forward slash storybook weekly mirror. And you can also visit my site and send me asks, I guess, at um, storybook. 
<laughs> at storybrookemirror.tumblr.com. Um, I don't have too much to go over today, um, so I'm just going to go over mine, and then I think Ava has some spoilers to go over, too. Ooh. So after I finish these, I'm going to give it over to Ava. But I know we read the press release for this next episode last week. Do you want me to read that again? Yes, remind us. Okay. So here's the press release for Ruby Slippers, which is this next Sunday's episode. It says, in flashbacks, Ruby and Mulan find themselves in Oz, where they meet Dorothy. After the three witness Selena's return to Oz, they look for a way to defeat her once and for all. However, Dorothy mysteriously disappears, and Ruby's search for her new friend lands her in the underworld. Reunited with the heroes, Ruby teams up with Emma, Regina, and Snow to continue looking for Dorothy. Meanwhile, Snow and David struggle with not being able to be with their son, Neil, and devise a plan so that one of them can escape the underworld. So there's that. Can I give my theory? So at least they're, can I give my they're theory? starting to care. Can I give my theory? Go ahead. Oh. No. <laughs> Fine. Thank you, Priscilla. And I won't. <laughs> no, I will. Okay. So my theory is, and I could be totally wrong, but this is just by going through and, and seeing the promo. I believe Zelina puts Dorothy under a sleeping curse, thinking that she has no true love out there. But our homegirl... Ruby is going to kiss her and wake her from the sleeping curse. I could wait, be totally wait. wrong. Uh, I don't think they're going to waste a true love's kiss on that. I hope not. I, I don't want them to be like a true love's kiss sort of thing. I want them to like organically grow the same way other relationships like in other characters do. Well, I think in the flashbacks we'll see that maybe something sort of sparked. I hope so, then. It can't just be like, oh, I found you. Kiss. Yay. Like, no. Give me backstory. Make me like these characters together. Yes. Continue on, Katie. Okay, so let's see. There's really not too much, but EW came out with a article talking to Adam and Eddie where they kind of asked, um, so, you know, what is the end of the show going to look like? Like, is it going to be seven seasons? Is it going to be six, like Lost? Is it going to go the way of Lost? What's going to happen? And so Adam and Eddie had this to say. They said, We certainly have endpoints in mind for many of our characters and where we want the story to go and finish up, but we have different ways of getting there. We're not at this point setting a specific end date for the show. But what we are doing is taking the luxury of knowing we have another season to be able to continue our long-term planning. And then Eddie said, no, we could change our minds in a few months, but right now we're just trying to get out of season five. We have plans for season six. Listen, there's a time and a place where at a certain point, characters either need to find their happiness or not, and we are aware of that. We're just not ready to answer that question yet. <clears throat> so... We do have a confirmed season six, so we will. Will the future will tell us if we have a season seven or not? But mm-hmm. um, we'll see. We'll see. That's interesting. And just to clarify for listeners, for those that never saw Lost and have no clue what it means like to be like Lost, I believe it was at the end of season three. Uh, the creators of Lost met with ABC, and they set out an end date. So they were like. 
we're going to do three more seasons, this amount of episodes, at the end of the sixth season, it's over. You know, that'll be our series finale. So when they asked them if it's going to be like Lost, basically they were wondering, is there sort of like a set end date for the show? Mm-hmm. Which would explain, since I watched Lost, how much, how much of a bullshit ending that was and how like kind of <laughs> cobbled together it was. Like, no, if Adam and Eddie are like, no, we completely planned Lost, it, this is totally the safe phase. Well, they, like, weren't Adam, they weren't the yeah. creators of Lost. They were just the, some of the writers. It was, okay. it was Damon Lindelof and, and uh, Carlton Cuse. Thank yep. you. I hope we don't get Lost like sort of things here <laughs> that'd be so funny so. I'd be like oh my god exactly great well okay no, I like lost I ending like, like I didn't mind it I actually liked it yeah I did I too. did too I just wish we would have had more answers but that's oh, wow. lost's fault for creating that. many questions wait what Ash, did you just don't say? see it Ash. don't see it Ash no why no you should Ash. watch it it's a good show it's a really good show it's really good their their only problem was creating their only problem was creating too many questions and not answering every single question which a lot of the viewers of the show wanted the answers to a lot of the questions even like the the minuscule teeny tiny ones oh my god i couldn't deal with that thank you like but I, the show is so good you will forget it like honestly unless you're honestly like one of those people think about the questions that yeah. they do i binge watch don't... it it's not going to affect you I mean, if it can be answered in fan fiction, then I'm okay with that. It can, oh, and there's some answers that you can come up with yourself that aren't explicitly what? stated. Yeah, I like when shows have something that kind of looks like there's somebody that controls the storyboard that isn't necessarily part of the writing staff, but tells them, no, this is what happened in this timeline. No, this is what's happening to this character. It seems like Lost never had that, so, since they like kind of stuck themselves in loopholes sometimes, or like would have a character do something and then like in the next like screenshot like wouldn't is doing something else entirely like it there's con there's continuity errors there and that bugs the hell out of me and I, I don't know i i hope that that doesn't happen with like once like you need to have somebody there who's who tells them hey uh, Belle's mom, she's supposed to be alive at this point. Even though we can't get the actress, you just have to, like, mention her offhand and that's it. Like, you need you need somebody in your staff who does that. And I feel like Lost didn't have that. Mm, uh, no, they did. <laughs> Interesting. I know, like, Lost has a lot of polarizing views, too. That's another show that has that. But I really liked it. Mm -hmm. But I'm not, like, someone who sits back and is like oh that didn't make any sense unless if it obviously makes absolutely no sense but i don't know it was i just really liked it i think because i like the character so much on that show i was just like okay whatever and it was just exactly. really good charlie charlie <laughs> don't talk to me about charlie my baby charlie <laughs> oh my god my baby Okay, so we're going to move on with spoilers <laughs> from once on a time. So, mm -hmm. I have this last spoiler here. It was not really a spoiler, but um, Michael Raymond James did an interview for a new show he's on, which is called Game of Silence. 
Is yeah. that right? That's right. Okay. So they did an interview for that, and they kind of also talked to him about his appearance in the 100th episode of the show. And he said that he felt like his appearance was a nice little bookend to the character. So we might see him in flashbacks, perhaps, but probably won't be seeing him anymore. Katie, I heard on your show that we're (laughs) going to be seeing Neil in flashbacks. Bye-bye, Belfire. Emma? Is he going to be with Emma? Oh, Lord. Here we go. <laughs> Katie, I heard that. What's going to happen to Captain Swan? They're going to... I, I, I heard that Emma and Neil are going to get engaged on the show. Like, can you confirm? <laughs> Is Hook going to die? Oh, oh my gosh. Not that Katie, one. I heard on your show that Hook is going to die again. <laughs> again, again. And for real this time. <laughs> oh, Technically, isn't he dead? He will be he reunited is- with Mila. Dead. This happened already. <laughs> okay. So I'll- Ava, save us. You have some spoilers. <laughs> Actually, yeah. yeah. You do the so- set spoilers, and then I'll do ratings. Okay. So, like last week, um, we talked about. Uh, I think on the twenty eighth, they filmed a few things by the fountain. So, what I saw basically, it's fountain of. Uh, it's a wishing well, basically. And Henry asks the people of New York to help him wish something to open a portal that brings um, Charming's uh, Hook and Zelina with that new character. I keep forgetting his name. What? And Wait, pause for half a second. So they spent an entire season and a half. No one can know about the city. No one can know about magic. You can't tell the outsiders about the magic. And they're in New York, and he's telling people to make wishes and let's do magic. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Dude, he's asking for people to clap their hands and believe in magic. Yeah, that's fantasy. (laughs) What is this? Like the Peter Pan live action movie? Like, I believe in fairies. I believe in fairies. (laughs) Yes. Although he should have done that in like Disneyland or something. Because New York is the most jaded place ever. Yeah, if somebody was doing that on the streets of Manhattan, I would just look at them like they're crazy and keep walking. (laughs) And just keep walking. (laughs) Yeah. So, But that's what it looked like. Um, And then the following, and then on that day, I think it was Robert's last day on set. Uh, Because the following day, they filmed in Steveston Storybrooke how they're all back and grannies and having fun. And you see Emma, Regina, I think Henry with Violet in Emma's car. And then the rest of the gang, like Snowing, Hook, the new character in Zelina and Gold's car. Which means Gold didn't return to Storybrooke with them. He stayed back in New York. What? Yep, that's what I interpreted it as. Mm-hmm. Um, what about Belle? Uh, well, we do, well the Belle scenes can be shot in that's... interior scenes. It doesn't have to be exterior. That's New York so... can be interior. So, mm-hmm. like, she could be in New York with him or who knows what else. But Robin Hood wasn't there, so... <gasps> which dude, dude, did you guess uh but yeah that's the set spoilers and i have a comment about robin hood uh i think it was lana who said i don't know who it was but they said that they're gonna find out the baby's name towards the end of the season mm-hmm. and i think it's gonna be robin because oh, oh, <laughs> 
Nope, he's going back. Uh, okay. I decided he's coming back. Rusty because Sean is- said that he bought a PS4 for him and Colin to share in their trailer. So why would he buy that if he's not coming back? A PS4 is only three hundred dollars. Yeah, Katie, come on. <laughs> You're weird, Damn. Katie. Shut. Throwing dollar bills like they're nothing here. Jeez, that is that that is some nice coin for for a, for a system. Please stay because of that. I agree. Yeah, <laughs> please stay because. <laughs> oh yeah, like for me, the thing that struck me the most was not seeing gold coming back with them. He gave him his car, and I was like, "Damn, what <laughs> is he staying back to protect his child?" I don't know what's going could on. Could be. Could be. I don't know. But that's it that about is- the set spoilers. Oh well. Lots of crap's going down in this last episode of this season. We're just going to have to find out. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. So, ratings. Ratings came in for this episode. And they stayed steady with last week's 1.1 in the demographics. And it only went down, like, a very tiny bit to 3.70 million viewers. So, not too bad. Not too bad. It's good to stay steady and not dip at all. So... Hopefully we can keep up that that trend there. Absolutely. On that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror. Visit the Poppy Chulo Radio archives to download this episode and many more. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chulo Radio programs by visiting poppychuloradio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast through iTunes. Just search for Storybrooke Weekly Mirror and, of course subscribe please like us on facebook by going to facebook.com slash storybook weekly mirror you can also like poppy chulo radio on facebook by going to facebook.com slash poppy chulo radio email us via contact at poppy with any questions suggestions comments or concerns are you interested in joining the poppy chulo radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor you can email talent at poppy co-host my wicked co-host can you wish the listeners a good night Good night. Good night, guys. Good night, guys. Good night. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific for a brand new installment of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror. Good night, everyone.